Blog Talk Radio. music i really hate inter, inter interrupting that song because i love 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 my song but we have a show to do hi everybody welcome in to loretta radio show i'm your host loretta mcneary hey we got a super super amazing show today but before we get started and i introduce you to our writer comedian actress or mash we're gonna tell you a good uh, something good about our sponsors so you know we have three sponsors for this show and they are dnl catfish shack where the fish is better than any fish you've ever had and we stand by that promise also we're being sponsored by um, miss south camara club where we drive nice cars but our passion belongs to the community and third, but not last or least, we have Rising Sun Outreach Ministries. Yeah, so if you're looking for a relevant church for the times that we're living in right now, then Rising Sun Outreach Ministries is the place for you to go and check out Pastor Aaron Campbell. He is the pastor there. Come hear a powerful, plain, and relevant message for the times. Come as you are and be blessed. I promise you when people greet you at the door, it is real and it is um, not practiced or rehearsed. They genuinely want to smile at you and give you a hug, so it won't be none of that, you know, that hug you really wish nobody does. So go out and check out. And when I say check out, I really mean check them out. You know, go and, you know, listen to the word, listen to the music, and see if there is a place that you want to be because we believe that it is because it is the happy church where everybody is somebody. All right, getting to our guest today, Ormash is a writer, comedian, and actress, born and raised in Tel Aviv after serving the Israeli Army for two years in building a lucrative career in the online gaming industry. She decided she would rather make people laugh than continue to sell apps to men in suits. Almost overnight, she moved to Los Angeles, California, and started performing stand-up comedy, or which means light in Hebrew. Her comedy is raw, honest, and unapologetic. As she looks at her own life, she offers a hilarious and an outsider's take on modern American culture and society from the perspective of a fearless Israeli immigrant. Everybody, welcome to the show. (laughs) Or Matt, I love that. Thank you so much for having me, Loretta. It's so fun. I, I'm happy. I'm, I finally get to be on your show. Uh, very excited. Yes. Uh, that was quite an yes. intro. I feel special. Because <laughs> uh, because you are, and I'm telling you, I already know 30 minutes is not going to be enough time, so we're definitely going to have to have you back. And as you and I talk prior to coming on the show, we're going to make sure that our hair and makeup is done because we're going to add video to this radio show, honey. <laughs> Matt, I, my hair but and was, is done right now because I thought maybe it's video. I didn't know. So I was like, oh, let me put my lipstick on. And, <laughs> and I'm that girl but where I always got my hair and makeup on point. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. Because us as women, if it, even if we're not going to be seen somewhere, 
there's there's something that happens once we put the mascara on. You know what I mean? Like you change your whole tone. I promise you. You got the mascara yes, on. You've got does. the lipstick on. You see, you can even hear it in my voice. You can't see me, but you know I've got I've got makeup on. You're looking gorgeous, honey. I know you are. I know you are. And so I want to encourage our listeners to, you can, of course, if you're listening via your phone, just press the number, the pound sign, the number one, and it'll put you into the queue. If we have time to go to callers, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do that, but normally I do. But you can all, we'll tell you how you can catch her on social media. You can watch some of her videos on YouTube. So, because I know I'll get started in, in having this conversation, or I may forget to tell them how to reach you. So, please tell them how they can reach you. <laughs> well, um, I'm active on Instagram. You can reach me at um, imormash. It's I M O R M A S H. Um, I'm on Mash. It's a picture of a bunny holding a microphone. Um, and that's, that's the Instagram. You can go to www.ormash.world. The site is right now. We're building a new version for it, but it will be up soon. The new version will be up soon. Um, mm-hmm. You can email me for bookings, of course, if you are looking for a fearless, tiny Israeli immigrant to this, says her mind at com. All right, and we will hopefully get to say that again before we close out the show. Okay, so let's get started. So you left, let's say, corporate America kind of to, to become an entrepreneur, a comedian, and, you know, and be, let your creative side shine. So what was that like for you, and how long did you kind of go back and forth, look, I'll do it now, I won't do it, I'll do it now, I will do it? Oh my God. So I actually, most of, I had a whole different career as you said before, as you mentioned, I, I did online gaming. I was in the tech industry. I was making my Jewish parents proud. I did, went, studied business in college, did the whole thing, working a nine to five, doing well. And one day I just woke up and thought to myself, what, you know, what is this life about? You know, I, I had questions. I said, is this, is this what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? Go to work and do this. And I, I was looking for a meaning. I felt like I've done everything by the book, and and I was looking for something else. And um, during that time, I got a little bit down. I was a little bit depressed. I got a flu. I couldn't get well from the flu, so I went to see the doctor, and the doctor told me, um, "Are you sad?" And I'm like, "What? What is that? Why are you asking me this? What?" He goes like. The reason you're not getting better from the flu is because you're stressed. Your body is not full. It's not strong. I want you to go home. I'm not going to prescribe you anything. You're going to go home. And I want you to think about what makes you happy. And I'm like, are you a doc? Can I see your medical license? <laughs> I want to know what the what is going on. But, you know, I went home. And that was like a slap in the face because I was like, wait a minute. I did everything right. You know, I well, So I looked up at the sky, which was my ceiling, and I asked uh, God. I I spoke to God. I was like, God, what did I do wrong? How did I mess this up? Tell me what to do. I need a direction. So all of a sudden, I get this crazy idea of, like, if you want to snap out of it, you need to do something to shake your soul. Something, okay, I was like, how do I shake my soul? He's like, you need to do something that scares you, but in a good way. I'm not talking about jumping off a building. I'm talking about something positive, something that you're always scared of. 
And then I had this crazy idea of, like, you know what, stand-up comedy was always something that was really scary to me and, and exciting to me. And that could be, I can give myself a little story. So in the beginning, and I have this Jewish voice in my head of, like, a Jewish mother's voice saying, what are you talking about? That's the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. Comics don't make money. But I had this, like, you know. We all have, even if we're not Jewish, I feel like we have the Jewish voice that tells us how much of an idiot we are. <laughs> you know this. So I, I like know, how you we, say that because I never knew how to name my voice. Now I'm gonna say I got this Jewish voice, this Jewish mother's voice in my head trying to tell me what I don't. But you're not making that up, you're, you're not gonna know. Exactly. You know, it's like the Jewish the mother, the Jewish mother, <laughs> the voice of reason. Yeah, the voice. the Jewish mother. So you know what? After like a week that I was kind of marinating with the idea and massaging it in my mind, I was like, you know what? The hell with it. I'm going to go, I'm going to do it, I'm going to give myself a story. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it like the movies. I'm going to go to New York, or I'm going to go to L.A., and I found this class, this writing class, that at the end of the class you have a showcase and you perform once. And my intention at that point was do it once, do that one show and give myself that experience. Kind of like people go to look for themselves at a silent retreat in India or something like that. This was my adventure to kind of like find myself through the comedy. But I did not intend to stay here and become a comedian. I just intended to go on this adventure and, and come right back to my life, you know. And I got to LA. I didn't know. I didn't tell my parents in the beginning because I kind of wanted to keep it my own. Not because I was trying mm-hmm. to hide, but just because I wanted to keep it to keep it my own for a little while you know before everybody says what they're thinking because I didn't plan to go anyway for a long time so I said listen I've been working really hard I have some money saved up it was Passover it was like a Jewish holiday I'm gonna go to LA for for a few weeks I was like okay and I came here and I'm not gonna tell you of all the other stories that happened when I was here which were crazy because we only have 30 minutes but what I will tell you (laughs) is that um, six weeks later, I got on on that stage, and that was the first time that I didn't feel sadness or depression. I wasn't overthinking about things and, and being anxious and nothing like that. I was just happy and in the moment, and then I thought to myself, wow, this beats antidepressant. This beats, you know, so how about <laughs> I just do this? <laughs> And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, the whole move and everything. But I said, you know what, I'm going to do this because this right now makes me happy and you live only once. And I was able, you mentioned my name does mean light in Hebrew. And that was the first time I felt that I was shining somebody else, like giving them light, was making them laugh, like brightening their day somehow with my with the comedy, mm-hmm. these jokes I'm telling. So I felt like I was kind of fulfilling what I should be doing. That, that is so awesome. So now you know. I apologize. <laughs> no, 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 no. I love that. I love that you did that so we can, you know, relate to you and know how you got started. Because people are always, you know, wanting to say, I wish I could start my thing. I, I, I'm passionate about this. I got a nine to five. I want to just try. Maybe I won't. Maybe I will. What will my Jewish mother voice say in my head, right, if I do this? So we think? all struggle what with this. What will people this. think? What will people yeah, think? Yeah, what will people think? 
and who do I think I am? You know, I'm, I'm not a comedian. Why do I think I can do this? So having got all that laundry out of the way, you did it. Six weeks later, you were on stage. Tell me about that, and where did you get your first, you know, your comedy from, your jokes or whatever you want to call them? How, you said a story. What was your story? And, yeah, tell, take us there. <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you, the the first time that I kind of saw the power of comedy and the effect it has on people was actually when I was a really young, young girl. I remember I was thinking I was like four years old, five years old, and I was in Israel and they had the, uh, they fought Iraq, Israel and the United States. It was the Gulf War in Iraq. Sorry to bring it into a war, but it, it doesn't get too dark. Um, were setting missiles to Israel. So everybody was in a bomb shelter. It was like every building has a bomb shelter. It's part of the thing. It's okay. So it was me, my family, and the neighbors. And the neighbor was trying to get the TV to work. And finally he got the TV to work, and there was a comedian, an American comedian, on the TV screen. And all of a sudden, everybody was watching the TV screen and started laughing. And me as a little girl, I see this, even though I was, you know, very young, I kind of noticed the absurdity of this whole situation of like, here are all these people sitting inside a bomb shelter, but there is a comedian on, on the screen and they laugh. It's as if he took them from whatever reality that they were feeling into a different reality, you know? And mm -hmm. that comedian was like, he was like my window to the world at, at the time, you know, because you don't have any, you're in, you're in a shelter. So that, yeah. I think that was the first moment that I can recall as a child that I saw this, is, whatever this comedian is doing is magic. Because here are these people and they have, they don't really have a lot of reasons to laugh at the moment. But they do, and he just he said some silly jokes, you know. And I was like, "Wow, that is so interesting." I think that's the first time that I was like fascinated with this craft. Awesome. What about your first time going on stage and doing your comedy? How long did you oh my God. do comedy so for nervous. the first time, I, and did you feel like they laughed? I was so nervous. First of all, I, it feels like you're gonna jump off a cliff. You have no idea why. I, you're always asking yourself, like, why did I do? Why am I doing this to myself? For what reason? Like, my life was so good. Why do? Why am I going on stage in front of all these people now? It's like the first time. It makes no sense for you to do this to yourself. Because if it, if it fails, this is like the ultimate embarrassment, you know what I mean, from your friends and family mm -hmm. that say you're not funny, right? So you, you're conscious about that. You, you're pretty stressful. But the moment that I walked on stage, it was like all the overthinking, all the thoughts and everything just went away. And I was like, let me do this. I can do this. My name means life. I will do <laughs> And I actually did well. People came to me after the show. You know what? I... I did a show uh, about a few months ago when the California fire was going on. You remember there was like wildfires and fires and people's houses were going up flames and stuff like that. Do you remember it was like last, was it last winter? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the wildfires fires in L.A. I remember they had pictures of it and stuff. And I did a show 
And after the show, this couple, older couple, came to me, and he, they were like, listen, we had a terrible week. We had fires, and we had to save stuff, and it was, it was just crazy, all the things happening. But I just want to tell you that you made us laugh so hard tonight that for like 15 minutes, we, we forgot. We actually were, were able to, to forget about everything that's going on and kind of just like sit there and laugh about whatever um, you were saying. And in that moment, I was like, this is the biggest reward in the world. You know, this is, this, yeah. this is the biggest thing I could ask for. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. in, in that so moment, you- in that moment, I felt like I, I did that magic that I saw when I was four. Oh my goodness! You were like full circle, <laughs> I'm getting big. and it was as it was as great as you thought it was going to be. So then, that you decide right then and there, I'm going to tell my parents. I'm gonna. I got to tell my parents. Oh this my is what God. I want to do when with my I life. Told, when I told my Jewish parents that I am taking the most irrational financial decision that could ever be, which is become a stand-up comedian, meaning you're not going to make any money for years to come, and (laughs) it makes no sense. In the beginning, they were in shock. They just didn't know what to do. They, they, in the beginning, it was like seven stages of, of, of not grief, but like shock. In the beginning, they were like, what are you talking about? And they were like, or they're trying to make sense with me, trying to make reason with me. And but then I I think they saw a change in my in my character. I was calmer and I was just a happier person. And I was like, you know what? Whatever makes our daughter happy, and we're gonna support her. And now uh-huh. they share my videos and they love it. Awesome. All right, we're gonna pause <laughs> for a yeah. moment, <sighs> just so I can finish laughing at that because <laughs> I was so worried about what the your response was gonna be about their response when you told your Jewish parents you're gonna be a stand-up comedian. So we're going to talk more about Or Mass's story. For those who just tuned in, my guest is Or Mass. He's a writer, comedian, and actress. And I'm going to now take a break to pay some bills. Excuse right me, back. may I ask you something? Yes, you. When, if ever, have you taken a tour of Memphis? Yes, Memphis, that's right. Perhaps you've lived here all your life, or maybe you're a transplant and haven't had a chance to really see the city that you now call home. Either way, I'd like to invite you to do just that. Come and embark on a journey to remember. It's a tour of possibilities, an African-American history tour of Memphis. We offer regularly scheduled tours, and we can be flexible and customize a tour for you. The possibilities are endless. For reservations and more information, please visit our website at atopmemphis.com or call 901-326-3736. All right, so I also want to tell you, I know we're living in some tough times now, and so everybody has questions about religion and spirituality, and they need hope. And so I want to encourage you all to visit the happy church where everybody is somebody, and that is Rising Sun Outreach Ministries located in Whitehaven. You can Google them and go on Facebook and find Pastor Aaron Campbell. So come here, a powerful, plain, and relevant message for the times, and you will be blessed. Also, I want to mention that another sponsor is the South Camara Club, where they drive nice cars, but they're driven by the passion to help make this city and this world a better place. Miss South Camara Club. All right, or so 
I know some of the best advice your father gave you, and I'm pretty sure he gave you a lot, but I was really, really touched when he about the quote that he told you that if every single person was focused on bettering themselves, we would have a better world. And I'm paraphrasing because of lack of time, but um, he says we get so we try to better our others and forget our personal responsibilities. So tell me about that that statement and why you know that's what you like to share um, on your Facebook page. I mean on your pages and when you do other interviews. Yeah, well, I think that, um, you know, it's something I, I grew up on is like, you know, even um, you, you see you see that every day, people, which there's nothing wrong with it, of course, donating to charities and, 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 and making people go to synagogue or church or, or, or the mosque mm-hmm. or whatever it is or, 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 or come together for this cause or for that cause, which is amazing. I think people should group together for causes to help the better, to make the world better because there is a power in the mass when you group up with people. But this concept is a little different. This concept says while you're doing that or not doing that, don't forget your own personal responsibility to the world, if 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 statistically and and rationally, if every single person would do whatever they can to be their best, we would have a better world, just in terms of numbers. You know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm, I, I believe that you know the world is kind of like I said, like it's like a basketball game in a sense of like somebody is gonna is gonna is gonna give you the ball. Now that ball might have good energy in it. And that ball can be a ball, ball of bad energy. You know, like you can walk down the street or be in the, on the road and somebody like, ah, watch how you're driving and beep you and, or do something that's, <laughs> that's not the best to you. Now it's like you got this ball now. So now you're upset. You're like, you can't believe what this person told me. He was so rude to me. I can't believe it. So what's going to happen most, most of the time is like you're going to run into somebody and then you're going to be a little awful to them because now you have this ball of energy, right? So mm-hmm. the, concept is, the concept is people, if, if you try to hand the best ball you can, you know, the be- it's like the game, the basketball game, to other people in your day, they're going to receive that energy and they're going to be better with whoever. It's like it's like a chain, you know, and they're going to be better who, with whatever – whoever they encounter, you know what I mean? So your effect right. in your daily in your daily routine, the people you meet, the mailman, the person on the street, the the service person representative on the phone, whatever you're gonna meet a lot of people during your day. If you try your best to to stay positive and to ask them how they are and, and just be the best version that you can for that day, it will change their day too. You know what I mean? I agree with that wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. You okay, know? so we only have a couple of minutes, so I'm going to try to move a little fast. I, I love that, and, and I agree because it's like, you know, what they tell us when we fly, put the mask on yourself first, you know, before you can try yes, and help yeah, somebody else. Exactly. You need to make sure you have your mask on first. So I definitely can relate to that. So you produced your own show called MASH. <laughs> tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah, I produced my own show called MASH, and basically uh, I started writing it like a diary, but then I saw 
I, I showed it to a group of, like a writing group, and they thought it was hilarious, and I can make a show of it. So it's like a, it's like a, a, a diary of it's just the days of my character. Of course, it's extended, called Mash. It just goes around America, and she's this Israeli chick that knows nothing, and it's, it's super funny. Um, another project that I'm working on, um, I'm working on my baby sister of fear. It's called Needs, and it's basically a show about these two sisters that are also immigrants. They're foreign to America um, that come and um, go on a search, on a quest for happiness. What do we need to, to, to find happiness? Um, but in the modern America millennial kind of world you know what I mean mm-hmm. and other than that I have a podcast um from the comedy store that's called F that podcast um which is a storytelling podcast that is the mm-hmm. guests come and share their story about the times that they had to just stop everything and say you know what F that I'm doing something else <laughs> You know, we all have those times where, where we, we just mm-hmm. had to stop the situation and go, uh, I don't think so, and just go and live our best lives. So we have comedians, we have public uh, people on the podcast. And last but not least, um, I have a web series called Sunday. It's on Instagram. It's every Sunday. I It's silent comedy. I just wake up at this different location. And as the pan, uh, camera pans out, you could see um, the whole story in more and more details of the story of what in the world happened <laughs> Saturday mm-hmm. night. And uh, <laughs> that's it. I'm so happy you got me on the podcast. I feel like I've been talking, talking, talking. I haven't asked you anything about you. I feel like we should do it again and then make it about you. Oh, you're funny. That's not how it works. <laughs> Because I am, I'm the host, you're my guest, and I want my audience to know who you are. But that is the sweetest thing I think anybody has said to me on the radio in a long time. So can you give me, like, um, because you're like this triple diversity thing. You know, everybody's talking about diversity, and I know, but just by reading from you, you don't want people to really um, pick you because you're a woman or pick you because you're um, of your ethnicity or because you're a comedian, you you wish we w- lived in a world where, pe- because we're all one race and that's the human race, well, that is the only thing you were judged by in your character. I love that. I love that. But, but because of where we are now, 2019, we do have to, I applaud people for wanting to be, you know, to have the diversity and everything, but I'm like you, that shouldn't be the only reason for choosing somebody. So I want you to know I did not choose you. Because you are, um, you're Jewish or you were born, you know, in Israel, you're an immigrant. I chose you because you are coined as the Wonder Woman of comedy and that, you know, you're beautiful, you're funny. And usually, you know, it's almost an oxymoron sometimes because I think women think the beauty will take away from people taking them serious. But you just knock them out um, with all of that when you step oh my on stage. So tell me. Who are, tell me one person or two people who were just so, um, who are like your rah-rah, your cheerleaders that tell you, girl, no matter what, yeah, you can do this no matter what, and they push you um, out there. Because we all need somebody to push us. Who would be, who is that in your life right now that's pushing you? Definitely the women in my life. 
which are my sisters, the Max sisters, who I'm, uh, as I mentioned, producing a show with, which is amazing to even have the opportunity <laughs> to make comedy with me. my favorite people in the world, and they're so funny, which are my sisters and my mother. My mother mm-hmm. um, is also a big influence. I feel like all, and my grandmother, all the women in my life, has such it's taught me just to be a boss and to not take no for an answer and and, and to do whatever it is I said my mom to and be creative and of course my father because he always supports me mentally and financially <laughs> <laughs> thank god for good fathers i promise you <laughs> that makes a world of difference <laughs> yes it- Oh, my goodness. See, we only have like a minute and a half. And I told you, when I first talked to you prior to the show, I'm like, you know what? She and I will have to get some more time together on this thing because 30 minutes is clearly not enough because I, I wanted to talk about and tell you Happy New Year because I knew that you, um, the Jewish community, was celebrating the new year. And I'll even say sometimes because my fall, I love fall, and I know that's when your new year is. I said, you know what? I think I'm, I have some Jewishness in me because – my life just starts rocking as soon as September gets here. So happy new year. <laughs> thank you so much, Loretta. And thank you so much for having me. This has been such great fun and it's it's gone by so fast. I do feel we need another another conversation like that. <laughs> so I'm sure your publicist will be in touch with me so that we can make it happen again. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to Loretta McNary Live Radio Show. And it's always a pleasure to just have these conversations and introduce people to people through the radio. And I'll, in closing, as I always say, think positive, dream big dreams, help someone along the way, and don't forget to check out my sponsors, Rising Songs Outreach Ministry, DNL Catfish Shack, and the Miss South Samara Club. We love you and we believe that if you get in line with what your purpose and your passion is, that you can change this world. All right, everybody, we'll see you next time.